what's going on everybody cheers happy wednesday or whatever day of the week it is when you're watching or listening to this welcome to the with her two hands podcast where each week we celebrate the women who build fix and make the things that make the world go around with her own two hands i am your host bogey and i am very excited for tonight's guest she went from a career in fast food to a career in fast motorcycles. And I'm really excited to hear about that transition, her journey, how she got into being a motorcycle technician, how the career has treated her so far. I'm really excited to have her on. But first, I want to do a big thank you to all of you who tune in each and every week to meet these incredible women. This series is all about normalizing women in the trades and shining a light on women who often don't get a light shown on them. So thank you for being a part of that. Those of you who are new here, welcome. Appreciate you having appreciate having you around and joining in on this. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor for this episode, Drive Time. If you're not familiar with them, definitely go check them out. Uh, they are a used car reseller, but they also um, restore these cars that they resell, recondition them. And so they create a ton of jobs within the automotive industry. And they do a lot of work training, especially young people up and helping them find their niche with niche within the automotive industry. So if you're looking for a new car or a new place to call your home as a career, as a technician, definitely give them uh, a, a look. Their description is going to be down in the bio below. Um, and then with that, without further ado, I am going to bring on tonight's guest, Miss Paris McGowan. Hello. Hello. How are you? I am fantastic. Did I mangle your last name? I asked how to pronounce it and then I think I messed it up. <laughs> McGowan. McGowan. I said yeah. it right the first time and then I messed it up <laughs> while we we're recording. Go it's figure. all good. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome. Thank you so much for saying yes and joining me. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So I, I you went from fast food to motorcycles. How, how exactly did this happen? How did you wind up? What drew you to motorcycles? How did you get here? Tell me the story. Oh, girl, it's crazy. So <laughs> I was working fast food, working literally at my local Burger King, and okay. uh, basically in a nutshell, what got me into motorcycles is my mom. So okay. my mom started off riding uh, on a Honda Shadow, if I'm not mistaken, and then she graduated to a Harley Davidson. And with that being said, we started to go to the Harley dealership and I just started to basically involve myself in the culture and fall in love with the people and just loving the, the um, basically the environment. Yeah. So uh, long story short, they offered me a job there um, so I went in for my interview to work in motor clothes and, you know, just sell the merchandise and everything else like that. Okay. But the day that I went in for my interview, I bought my first motorcycle. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. How, how old were you at the time? I was, I want to say 22, 21, 22. Okay. Okay. So... I mean, I bought my first motorcycle on the day I'm supposed to get a job at a Harley dealership. <laughs> I've never rode passenger, don't know anything about anything, couldn't even put gas in it if you told oh me God. to put gas into the bike. So you never rode on the back with your mom even? No. Okay. So I just bought this motorcycle because it was drop dead gorgeous. <laughs> like my eyes popped out of my head seeing this motorcycle because I've never seen anything <laughs> like this before. It was just so beautiful. Oh my goodness. I just oh, had yeah. to have it. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. I love it. First day at the job, already putting herself in debt with this beautiful motorcycle that she doesn't know how to ride yet. I mean, that's no. called like putting it on the line. I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. So, I mean, working there, I dove head first into Harley Davidson. Clearly. Like straight <laughs> on, just nosedive. And once I got comfortable with selling the merchandise and, you know, being there and being comfortable with the other people, I started to like sneak off and venture off into the shop <laughs> and hanging out with the technicians. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, 
you guys are doing some cool stuff back here. Like I want to see how these motorcycles are being built or how they're made and what makes them run. And they just convinced me honestly to, or they kind of put it in my head to become a technician. They was like, why don't you just go to school? Why don't you just do this? That's and they cool kept, to hear. Right. So long story short, I, I've been told this several times over the past, like, at that time over like months. Okay. Then one night I am, it's probably like three o'clock in the morning and I just randomly hear the loudest commercial ever on TV. <laughs> and I would turn around to look at it and it's go to MMI motorcycle mechanics Institute. I have never seen this commercial ever in my life. Okay. So when I seen it, I was just like, is this it's a, a sign? sign. <laughs> it's a it's sign. So I'm sign. having an epiphany at three o'clock in the morning. Like, oh my gosh, I see it. I'm going to do it and everything. So that, I guess, morning, I ended up putting my my name into the uh, the hat or in the bowl. And I love it. I was at school. I love it. Were you always, have you always been that spontaneous of a, of a person? Like, is that just your nature ever since you were a kid to be like, yeah, I'm doing it. Let's go. And boom, yes. next day, doing it. Yes. Oh my gosh. It drove my mom crazy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you should see like when I got my motorcycle, she was like, there's no way you're getting a motorcycle today. There's no way, no way. No, you're not. <laughs> Got it that day. I love it. How, <laughs> how did she feel about you following her path a little bit by getting a motorcycle? Like, because sometimes it's like, you know how parents are sometimes like, do as I say, not as I do. Mm -hmm. um, was she like psyched that you were getting the motorcycle and getting on board with that lifestyle? Or was she like, uh-uh, I'm not happy about this? <laughs> so uh, I think at first she was just more in disability belief and wondering okay. if I would actually like commit to it. Okay. But then once she's seen and like also helps me ride my own bike, then she was just like, oh, oh, you got it. Oh, let's go do this. Let's go do this. We're going to go here. We're going to go there. So I, I was it. always, you know, right behind her whenever we it. would go out riding and everything. Can I just say, first of all, like I freaking love that like, you're probably one of the few women who I've spoken to that says, I got this from my mom, not from my dad, right? Like so many women were like, I, my dad was into bikes or my dad mm -hmm. was into cars or whatever it was. And you're like, yeah, no, my mom. Yeah, <laughs> no, my mom. Because uh, she started riding probably not too long before I started riding. So okay. she had been like on the bike for probably, I want to say, three or four years. Okay. So that's still kind of fairly new. Yeah. And like, I just wanted to like, I just kind of wanted to be like her because I'm seeing her and I'm like, wow, she's a, she's a badass, you know, if I, I can say that, it. I'm sorry. Oh, totally. But, yes. but I was just like, oh my gosh, I want to be like her. You know, I just see empowerment, a strong yeah. woman. So I was like, why, why not? That is so awesome. Has it brought you guys like totally closer now that you've got this like oh, massive yes. thing together to share? Yes, yes, so much. So, I mean, like I said, whenever you like you would see her bike and then you'll just see me like trailing right behind her. So it's like Mother Goose and like her little gosling or yeah. <laughs> I love it. That is fantastic. When I started riding a motorcycle, my mom actually went and got her motorcycle license like did the class just because oh. she was like, maybe, maybe if I get a motorcycle license, you'll spend more time with me. <laughs> oh. I was spending so much time riding the motorcycle, but she never mm -hmm. got a bike and absolutely like went for it. But it was really cute that she took the class. <laughs> That's adorable. I love so, that. How does mom feel about you being a technician now and pursuing the technical path? I mean, how does the rest of your family and friends and peers think of it? Were they surprised when you chose to do this um i think a lot of people were some people were with me some people were against me uh my mom was immediately like let's do it let's go and she was like i think she was more excited about it than i was honestly 
Uh, oh. she, uh, my mom has always been my biggest cheerleader. So I'm super happy about that. That's so important to have. So important. Uh, you need at least one person who's like your super cheerleader throughout right. life. Like it doesn't matter who it is. You just need at least one person. Mm -hmm. so who was who was against you, and what did that mean? Like, what did that look like? Them being against you or not being supportive about it? Um, the one person who, I mean, he was just a he was one of like a good friend I actually worked with at the dealership. And he was the only person that was just like, oh, no, just be a nurse instead. Interesting. And I mean, like, I, I was like. Did he say why he thought that? He said that uh, basically going to the school that I chose uh, was, wouldn't teach me anything. Mm. And honestly, he just said you'd be, be better off working with people instead of working with motorcycles interesting and i mean it kind of hurt my heart a little bit yeah but i mean like that also put a fire under my ass i was just like oh yeah i'm gonna show you you're the one <laughs> right now <laughs> you're the one that's gonna push me through this school <laughs> right absolutely yeah well it's, it's interesting because i've heard that like that criticism of pretty much every technical school out there is like, you're not going to mm -hmm. learn anything there. And I always laugh when I hear technicians say that, like, don't go to technical school. You're not going to learn anything. Like you're going to learn as much as you put into it. Like exactly. you can go to medical school and still come out stupid and right. still get yeah. a medical like license. Right. <laughs> like it doesn't mean you actually learned anything. So, exactly what you put into it is what you get out of it. So do you feel like you learned a ton in school? How was the school experience for you? Oh, girl, I learned everything. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> once again, still being new uh, to riding two motorcycles in general. Yeah. And also because I, I mean, like I started off super girly. I wasn't in the garage beforehand, you know, yeah. I mean, like I could do quick things like assemble furniture, but yeah. I wasn't, you know, like proficient in using any tools or doing anything. So I learned literally everything. The school yeah. was perfect for me. Yeah. I agree. I was the same way as you. I came in, I went to UTI, which is the equivalent of MMI, right? So you went to MMI, mm -hmm. um, their sister schools, and very, very similar. And I I knew nothing. Like I had a little <laughs> tiny bit of experience because I took out a shop in high school, but really mm -hmm. didn't know much. And so I needed all of the basics. I needed all right. of the, like, this is a torque wrench. This is how you use it, right? Where a lot of like exactly. the kids come in and they're like, I already know this. I'm like, I don't. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, like going into that and being basically the only girl, well, I was the only girl in my class starting off at MMI okay. and basically knowing nothing. So a lot of the times whenever the teacher would be like, oh, most of you guys already know how to do this. Do I even know how to do it? I even mm. need to demonstrate anything. And I would be in the back like, oh, just please. show me how to do it, please. <laughs> oh, that's frustrating. Way to single people out for not knowing. I, that's an awful approach. Do I even need to talk about this? Because then nobody uh, wants to admit that they don't know. Uh, exactly. But I mean, like at the same time, you, like you said, you have to put in or put yourself out there to learn, you know? So, I mean, if I was serious about it, then I should speak up. Yeah. So that's what I did. I had just had to learn to be uncomfortable or, you know, ask questions or anything, ask for help. Yeah. Was, you had no one, like no idea of what to expect when you got into this, right? Like you did not grow up around tools. You didn't grow up around doing this sort of work you had no previous experience, then you show up at school and you really have no idea what to expect, right? Exactly. Um, was it, was there anything about it that was particularly surprising to you that you were like, oh, I was not expecting all that? Um, or just that, that kind of caught you off guard? Um, 
Not really, because I knew I threw myself into the wolves. Like I threw myself <laughs> right to the wolves. So okay. I already knew that I was going to be kind of uncomfortable. Okay. Um, I expected there to be at least one other girl in my whole section, <laughs> but no, that wasn't a problem. Uh, but I guess what kind of caught me off guard was how cool a lot of people or a lot of the guys were and how cool they were to help me understand and also learn. That's awesome. So, so you I mean, weren't expecting them to be as supportive. And they were. I was not. I heard that, oh, they're not going to teach you or they're not going to want to help you or anything from other guys. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Especially yeah. like coming from literally zero experience, you know, like I'm going to need all the help I can get. Please be yeah. nice to me. <laughs> totally. And you found for the most part, people did treat you well. That's awesome. Yeah. That is very cool. So for those who aren't familiar with MMI, obviously I am, but tell tell everybody like how long that program is and, and what the flow of that is and um, how that works. Uh, so MMI is Motorcycle Mechanics Institute. There are two locations, one in Arizona, uh, Phoenix, and then the other one is in Orlando, uh, Florida. Okay. Which so one did I you went... I went to Orlando. Oh, okay. Yes. So I had a good time. It was uh, basically like living in a vacation forever. Um. <laughs> where, where are you based? Where do you live? I live in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a big difference, Orlando. Does. Yes. Yeah, girl. Yes. <laughs> so um, class... It's supposed to uh, be, I want to say it was 13 months or no. Okay. I don't, I don't remember. I remember <laughs> I was there for over a year. I think it was okay. supposed to be 10 months. Okay. Uh, so I ended up going during COVID, which extended literally oh. everything out in class. Okay. Yes. That so had to be interesting. It was because I didn't know anything was happening. Mm. So, I mean, I was just out, la di da, freaking caris to the world, going to school, you know, <laughs> living in paradise basically. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, everything's shut down. Right. <laughs> so that had to affect your schooling tremendously. Obviously, everything goes to remote, right? And you're right. Whew. Right. So um, in the beginning, in the first couple classes, this is before COVID was even a thing. We were in class. It was like one instructor to probably, I want to say, 18, 20 students. Okay. So we were all like jam packed in a room, you know, everybody's touching everything and, you know, just, yeah. I mean, like carefree. Yeah. Pre-COVID. And it's a hands-on program, right? Like, right. So, yeah, so I mean, everything. of course. Yeah. And I mean, slowly, like every other class, you know, people start to fall off or go anywhere else and the class gets smaller. Then everyone splits off in normal, you know, uh, MMI classes. They split, uh, split off. There split you off. go. <laughs> I knew where they you split, were going. <laughs> they split off into different uh, classes. So if you wanted Harley or BMW or Honda, Suzuki, whatever. So the class ended up getting smaller. So then we were probably like 10 people or so per oh, class. Okay. And then, like I said, COVID happened. Like, I remember this day like it was no other. We were in the middle of doing an oil change on, I think it was a Dyna, and we were telling the teacher that whoever put oil in it put too much in it, and there's oil like going everywhere. Then all of a sudden, we were told, yeah, today's your last day in school, and we'll probably be back in two weeks, but don't guarantee anything. Just stay close. Oh, my goodness. So, I mean, like, I was just confused. I was like, what is happening? Yeah. Yeah. What is going on? So after that, 
I mean, I was just like, okay, what do you do now? And after a while, after the two weeks, I ended up having to come back home during COVID. And it ended up being, I believe, three, two and a half, three months that we were out of school. Uh, and then we started the remote classes. So everything was on video. Okay. That's so hard. That's so hard to learn that way. <laughs> You're learning about a hands-on Right. Thing. Right. So, I mean, like everything kind of got stressful, but once school went back into session, I was so excited to go back to Florida by St. Louis. I'm leaving. <laughs> And I was so happy to go back to school. And when we came back, it was, I want to say it was only three people in my class then. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it Which was is, only three it's of us. Kind of, it's kind of like a mixed blessing in a sense though, right? Because like when you're that few people in a class, you get real hands-on, like right. real one-on-one -on -one attention to yes. get what you need. So maybe that helped balance out a little bit of the- It like helped out. It was a give and take for sure. Yeah. It was yeah. definitely a give and take. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of stuff because class has to keep going, you know? So honestly, by the time I came back, it was time for me to basically graduate out. So get graded and leave. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> crazy so you had a you had a different sort of experience altogether um yeah that's, that's all right but i i still love it though <laughs> right well you got nothing to compare it to right so yeah. <laughs> it is what it is so how um how was the job getting experience after that so you 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 graduate from mmi and now you're you got to find a job. Are you still, obviously, I'm assuming you weren't still working at the Harley dealership that you were at because you'd moved mm -hmm. to Orlando. Mm -hmm. So what, ha what happened next in this story? Oh, so after graduation? Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, well before graduation, MMI set me up uh, with a lot of good resources. So before I graduated, I ended up doing my resume with the uh, counselors at okay. MMI. Okay. And they sent out my resume with my, uh, my grade sheets and everything out to the dealerships that I told them specifically to send them to. Okay. So um, basically they, they did exactly what they told me they were going to do. The, I, the day that I graduated, I got a few calls, but I was still in Florida. So they wanted me to come in literally that day. And I was just like, can you give me like, I don't know, <laughs> two, three days. Cause I still have to drive it all the way back up to St. Louis with my little mini Cooper. So, I mean, like <laughs> give me some time. Right. So I was actually back at home and I want to say probably three days after graduation, maybe four. And I still had all of my stuff like packed up being shipped in a pod. So I had no clothes, no anything. And they called <laughs> <laughs> and I went into an interview and get hired that same day. Oh, wow. Yes. So I got That's hired awesome. literally probably three or four days after graduation. Okay. And I started that next morning with okay. no clothes, no tools. <laughs> That's no freaking awesome, though, that you like got a job that quickly and that yes. you didn't face any issues. Nobody was resistant to hiring a female. Like, no, totally I think fun. they like dove head first when they found out. And also, I mean, like the grades speak for themselves. If you send them, if you send your transcripts in, they can see like your worth or if you're willing to learn or grow well, as a technician. They should speak for themselves, right? That's the ideal. <laughs> the, the grades in your experience speak for themselves and that they don't care if you're a woman or not, but often, right. often they do. So that's really good to see that, that, that it actually did not, discourage them are you yeah. at the same is did it work out that you're at the same dealership that you were oh at? yes i'm okay. still here okay 
Very cool. I love it. I love it. So how did they, um, how did they start you out? Were you like a, a loop tech? How does that start out with your first position? Um, so basically, uh, I was loop tech, I guess, okay. technically. Okay. Um, but I did a lot of job shadowing with the, uh, master techs there. So I got to work hand in hand with other master techs. So a lot of times I was not doing oil changes or tires or anything. I was actually building motors or pulling transmissions nice. out with the master techs just to get my hands in there, which was so cool. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like the whole time, like I'm literally like wrenching or, you know, pulling things apart with the master tech. I was just like, oh yeah, I got to keep up with you or you know what you're doing. So it just, uh, basically just like made me aspire to be so much greater working with master techs and doing cool yeah. things. So did they partner with the partner you with like a single master tech as like your, your mentor and role mm -hmm. model? Is that kind of the, the way the system worked? Yes. That's awesome. Very cool. I love it. Is it everything you hoped it would be? Is it everything you thought it would be? Um, yes and no. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, it's everything because I get to do cool things. I get to feel accomplished and actually, you know, work on bikes and do make improvements or change somebody's experience while they're riding, which is a huge thing. Because I mean, like saying like, oh, something's wrong with this. And then you know how to fix it. And then they go and like ride it and it's perfect. That, that like, that's just like the bee's knees for me. It really is. <laughs> so cute. I love your level of excitement about it. It's so adorable. <laughs> uh, but also no, because some jobs are obviously going to be harder than others. Mm -hmm. And like... I wasn't prepared for that defeat. Well, it's not really defeat. It's more like a, I don't know. It's kind of like, oh, I'm not. Like sometimes though. <laughs> yeah. I don't let it like, I, I don't know how to say it. Like, I don't like that I don't get it immediately or I can't be perfect at everything the first time. So, I mean, like, that's the only thing, which is, I mean... That's myself. <laughs> That's yeah. not even the job, really. Right. The, that learning to let go of getting it right the first time. Exactly. Perfection. Because it, it sounds like you did really well in school, so you're probably, like, used to getting good grades and being the <laughs> one who, like, gets it right away. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the complex of being the oldest sibling mm. and being the only girl. Okay. So, I mean, like, you have to be above everyone else. You have to be. Or just me being, uh, what is it? Competitive. Okay. So, like, everything is, like, I can be competing with myself. Right. Basically, I'm like, oh, well, I have to do this. I have to be the best. I have to get yeah. it done within a certain amount of time. <laughs> and, and you were always that way, huh? Yes. So how many siblings do you have? I have three younger brothers. Three younger brothers. Okay. So being the only girl is no pretty normal for you at this point then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yes. So it doesn't phase you being in the shop with all guys. You're used to it. Exactly. I'm used to it completely. How do your brothers feel about you? Uh, big, Their big sis being a motorcycle mechanic. Um, they're They're just like... I can't believe you're actually doing that, but okay. <laughs> uh, one of my brothers, uh, he, we're like this. So uh, he's five years younger than I am. He sometimes he'll come up there and like just hang out and see what I'm doing and, you know, just be like, oh, that's just so cool. And then he'll just go on about his business. I love it. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. So this dealership that you're at, um, this is this is the same. It's the same dealership that you started at right after school. Is it the same dealership that you sold merchandise at? No. Okay. Okay. No. Have you ever gone back to see that dealership and say hello to those guys, and especially the one who said that you shouldn't do it? 
Uh, so <laughs> I actually went back, um, like I think the day that I, the first day I got back. So probably two days before I actually got hired and I was just trying to, you know, test out the waters and see if they were hiring and mm-hmm. they just weren't hiring at the time for technicians. Okay. They offered me a parts position, but that's not what I went to school for. Yeah. I wanted to get my hands dirty. I was eager. I was ready. So, I mean, I didn't want to take a job that I didn't really have the mindset for, or I wasn't, you know, really going to be that much invested in. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. That's not what you went to school for. That's not what you were trying to be. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Fair enough. (laughs) So the guy, oh wait, but the guy that said that I should be a nurse, I didn't see him until probably like a year of me being a technician, he actually came and visited me at my dealership, my current dealership now. And apparently he had heard that I had said, and I had quoted him, didn't (laughs) name any names or anything. And he just said, well, I see you now. And I apologize. So. Aww. I love that. Good yes. good on him. <laughs> good on him for, for stepping up and owning it. That's awesome. Very cool. <laughs> um, so you had said something when we were talking before before this interview started. You said mm-hmm. one of the things that you are interested in talking about is the importance of of women supporting one another within these male-dominated fields. Is is that because you feel like you haven't been supported by other women or is it just a something that you're really passionate about? Um I feel like that in both senses of the word. Um so whenever I first graduated school, just like anyone else, you I mean, graduating, everyone's hitting you up like, hey, I want you to build this motor for me and everything else. And I'm just like, I just got out of school. <laughs> Settle down. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like I know the basics, but I cannot put a motor together just free willy-nilly, like out of anything. <laughs> and that apparently like made some people upset or they just didn't understand. And I had to explain it to them. Like a doctor out of medical school doesn't immediately go into brain surgery. Yeah. So you have to give me time. And I mean, there's going to be some guys out there that, you know, at the dealership that I have personally dealt with that they don't really a pre approve of me working on their bikes and it hurts a little bit more whenever the wife is standing there or the girlfriend and just letting him, you know, just kind of talk down on me or say that I can't do it. But I mean, women should support women because life is hard, (laughs) you know? I mean, that's just a thing. Like, (laughs) I think it should be. Period. Because life is hard, damn it. We don't need any other reason. It should be a girl code. I mean, like, come on. Just. It's true. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree. And I don't know. It's just. Just having someone have your back makes all of the world, honestly. It just, it just does. Yeah. Have you had the experience of working with other women or has this mostly been like issues that you've had with women as customers and as like wives of colleagues? Um, so I actually, we just got another female technician awesome. and I was so excited. Oh my gosh. Like I was just like, oh my gosh, you have to put her next to me. You know, I was just like, oh, my gosh, a friend. So I don't have to be by myself. You know, like the the guys are cool at work. But I mean, like having that other, you know, female there is 
it's amazing. Like I just, you have someone that understands exactly what you're saying, or we can just like look at each other and we know exactly what we're thinking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, but before she got there, a lot of the guys were coming up to me and they were just like, so is everything going to be cool between you two? Or is there going to be some competition or is this your shop or like, are you going to be mean to her? Or I was just like, no. Like, what do you think I'm going to do? Just, like, spread my scent around to keep her away from my area? Like, I don't understand. Like, she's another person. <laughs> like, I don't get it. So, I mean, like, there's that with the whole guys don't think women can interact and be right. cool in the same area. Right. Without like conflict. Well, and it's interesting because, you know, I because I'm the type of woman that gets along with other women and likes to support other women. And I I, clearly you are as well. Um, I get frustrated when I hear men say things like, oh, so a bunch of women were working on that project. How did you control all the catfighting or like, you know, just like the assumption that girls don't get along. But then I see so much you know, every stereotype comes from somewhere. There are so many women who don't support one another and that's where they get that from that stereotype from. And it's frustrating on both counts. Right. Yes. Yes. Especially like when the stereotype, like you just said, is true. And you're just like, no girly, I'm here with you. Like, don't, (laughs) there's no, (laughs) there's no beef over here, please. I'm just trying to help you. And I hope that you help me and then everything will be cool. So things copacetic with the girl that you work with now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Beautiful. So uh, actually, whenever I met you at MMI, uh, whenever I got the extra stickers, I definitely brought some uh, (laughs) home back for her so she can have some too. Oh, awesome. Did she go through uh, tech school as well? Yes. So she went to uh, MMI in Phoenix. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Very cool. So now you get to like mentor her up a little bit. She just graduated, I assume. Yes. Awesome. I love it. That's really cool. Nice. I love it. (laughs) So you are working on motorcycles now for how many years? Uh, I want to, is it four years? Ooh. All right. Oh, four years now. Look at you. (laughs) So what has been your favorite, like, What's your favorite type of work to do on motorcycles now that you've gotten, you've got some time under your belt now? Mm -hmm. Oh, motors, powertrain. Okay. Uh, I love, love, love tearing down the motor and put it back together and everything else. That's actually what I just got done doing today at work. So I had the greatest day just like, I was just dancing around and literally pulling things apart and putting it back together and measuring. Oh, it was the greatest time. (laughs) Anybody who is listening to this in podcast form and not the video form, you're missing out because the joy on this woman, I mean, you can hear it in her voice, but the joy in your face, like I'm, I have to say I'm a little like, um, I, I'm inspired by it and, and like totally tickled by it. Um, But like, It's been a minute since I've been that giddy about working on something. And it is so cool to see, like, you're just so authentically thrilled to be doing what you're doing. And I just, God, I wish that for more human beings in the world, right? Because, like, what a different world we would live in if more people were your level of happy about what they do for work every day. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, like, (laughs) I don't really consider it work whenever I actually have something to do. I only consider it work if I'm just sitting there because (laughs) winter is harsh in St. Louis. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when there's nothing to do, then I'm like, oh, please, at least give me a tire, please, anything. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Please. So aside from the sitting around, because um, mm-hmm. that part sucks, absolutely. Uh, what are what are your least favorite things to work on or to do? 
Ooh. Or about the job in general. Uh, uh, working, probably dying electrical. Oh, like sometimes. Diag and electrical? Yes, electrical work. Because sometimes electric can be magic, I'm telling you. It's illusion, and you're not supposed to know how it works. That's how it feels sometimes. <laughs> uh, I am. I am. Sometimes I struggle, and I'm just like, "Why? Why are you like this? What is going on?" Um, so that's the only part that like kind of grinds my gears. But once I actually figure it out, I'm like, "Oh, well, that wasn't hard at all," you know? Right. So yeah. you got to talk yourself back into it. Like, "Oh, that wasn't hard." Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Were there were there any challenges as I mean your your path seems to have been like super smooth in a lot of ways. Did you did you ever have any like situations that you encountered that were not um as welcoming or not as friendly? I mean you seem to have had like great teachers and great colleagues and co mm -hmm. students in your classes and um it, it really seems like you've been accepted regardless of your gender. Um, is that, was that mostly true or do you feel like you've had some challenges along the way as well? Um, I've had some challenges with some people not really wanting to accept me, but I mean, like I can't, I couldn't really dwell on that. You know, I had to stay positive. I couldn't let it like eat me up inside, especially in school when, you know, some of the guys would, you know, like act like they didn't want to help me with something like, especially like with pushing bikes, like the physical part, I could not, you know, lift a lot of the times, a lot of what guys could lift right. up. So I would ask for help. And I mean, like some guys would be like, oh, no, I don't want to, or, you know, kind of blow me off. And I'm just like, oh, whatever, you know, I'll, I'll figure it out myself. And I mean, I, that's kind of how it was. I want to say in when I first started the job too, like I had to kind of prove myself mm -hmm. and also just come in with a positive attitude or basically in a nutshell, make you like me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, you know, if you kill someone with kindness, they can't really do anything, but, you know, or yeah. I mean, like, at least try to have people like you yeah. or try to get on someone's good side in order to like, I don't know, learn and move up in the world and just not focus on the negativity. Cause there were some days where I was just like, Oh, did I pick the right career yeah. path or, you know, do I really have what it takes or am I, why am I not as good as that person or, you know, so, but I mean, like you have to stay positive and you have to be on the right mindset in order to succeed and move forward. Yeah. So I have to ask you as, as a, a person of color, as well as a woman, mm -hmm. um, in an industry, I think the trades in general are, you know, they're predominantly male, but they're also predominantly white male. Mm -hmm. And when you think of motorcycles, it also kind of Harley even more Davidson. so. And when you think of Harley Davidson, <laughs> even more so. So like yes. in my mind, when I think of like the whitest of men, it is Harley Davidson. Mm -hmm. um, how, how has that been for you? And is it been like, do you think gender versus race being more of an issue one less of an issue or is it the whole package? Has it not been an issue? Um, so going way back to when I was a kid and this stand, this stems from almost any person of color, you are taught to basically do it two times better than anyone else to make a way in society or anything you have to be the best the better than anyone else just to kind of make it yeah. um and a lot of people uh people of color are taught that way so i had to have that mindset the entire time um also i guess what kind of 
made it a little bit easier is because of my mother and her being the person that she is and being in uh, uh, the motorcycle uh, groups and everything else like that. So a lot of people knew her. And because I am almost a clone of her, people <laughs> know me. Okay. And she broke um, them in a little bit. Yes. So, <laughs> I mean, like there, so, I mean, like it was like some challenges here and there, but I mean, I got a good head start due to people already kind of having an idea of who I was and uh, who she was. Okay. Um, also, uh, what also helps me was being thrown into the community so I am a very shy kind of person. I like to kind of be in the background. I don't like being like forward in front of everyone, but I was kind of thrown into it by my mother uh, <laughs> into a lot of the, uh, the gatherings, the motorcycle uh, events and everything else like that. And she would be like, my daughter is doing this and she's working on this bike and everything else like that so going to those events and going on those rides the, like I think it was Labor Day we did an all-black female ride and it turned out to be like That's 200 awesome. or so females that actually showed up and rode heck yeah that's so, awesome. I mean, like I had those people or at least some of those people behind me to yeah. actually push me and support me in the transition and becoming a technician. That is so cool. I love that. How powerful. And I love it. Oh, that was the coolest thing ever. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And I love that you're like, I'm shy, I don't like being, but like meanwhile, you're like, let me step into a career where I'm an only. <laughs> yes yes who would have thought who would have thought honestly still to this day I'm just like I can't believe I'm actually doing this I can't believe it like that is so cool <laughs> I love it so I never asked you what kind of bike did you buy that first day of your job Ooh. and do you still have it I don't so I bought a 2002 soft tail deuce so i named her or the nickname was double deuce okay. it had a uh numbered paint set on it for harley davison i think it was 187 out of 300 i still remember because it was oh that was my baby oh my gosh it was chrome to the gods <laughs> oh. <laughs> And it had this beautiful teal crackle paint with a little bit of flake in it. Oh, it was just oh. the most beautiful bike ever. And I got rid of her so um, so I could basically, um, you know, afford living after COVID and, you know, the move back and everything. Adulting. I know. Adulting is a pain. <laughs> but I do, I am still close with the owners, so Aww. I can always, I was told I can always buy her back, so. Okay. Do you have, like, visitation rights? No, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> That's awesome. So do you have a bike now? I do not. Uh that needs to get basically me and my mom share her bike. That's she very just, nice. Of her. She wants me to just have her bike, but I mean, I put some work into it that makes it custom to her. Okay. That I wouldn't put on my own bike. So I'm just like, no, this bike is especially for you. You should keep it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, the right one, the right one will come along when the time is right. Oh, I have my eye out, trust. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. What is the goal? What is the goal, bike? Uh, so the new and hot thing kind of on the market, I guess, that came out in 2022, I believe, is the Lowrider ST. Okay. Oh, it's so beautiful. It handles like a champ. 
And whenever I took it out, like I took one bike out for like a test ride and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is dangerous. Like, oh, like once you got onto the highway and you just like, it's like stretching your arms, like after you wake up or, you know, stretching your legs. I got on the bike and I was just like, oh, wow. Oh my gosh. I know exactly what I need in my life. I love it. So clearly you found the right home. You have found the right job, the right career path. Was was there a point, like, because you you really, like, took a dive into this from the mm-hmm. unknown. You could have hated it. You could have dove it into this thing and found out that, like, this is not the right thing for you. Right. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm getting over a cold. I'm trying not to die here. I understand. I, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Was there a point where like the light bulb went off, I guess, where you were like, yes, this is it. This is what I want to do. Like, I'm so in the right place. Was it instantaneous? Was, did it come a little bit later in schooling? Or do you remember a moment where you're like, absolutely, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life? Um, so I believe I had a realization that this is what I want to do forever. I'm sorry, it's my cats. Oh, yay, kitty cats. <laughs> That's okay. You're fine. I'm a cat um, girl too. <laughs> so um, once I graduated and actually got into the shop and actually seeing how things were going to go and like the people I was with and then I was just like, yeah, I could do this for the rest of my life. For like school I was kind of like back and forth I was like is this what I really wanted to do you know I don't know how the shop is going to be ran and you know like I'm hearing all these things like oh the people they won't help you because they're not going to want to see you basically be like them or they'll lose money if you know more so I mean that was just the kind of you know like devil on your shoulder and I was just like oh my gosh like What if, you know, you know, it's not like they're not patient and they don't want to help me learn or become better or anything else like that. But like I said, once I got into like a good groove and understood my peers and worked with them, then I was like, yeah, I could totally do this. Awesome. I'm so I'm so glad too that you found like a great shop right off the bat that you mm-hmm. found people who were supportive and welcoming and willing to teach like right from the get go. Right. Have you had any particular mentors, uh, people that like really stood out in your mind as far as like people who took you under their wing and helped guide you? Um. So we can go way back to school. And uh, my professor, um, I had a couple professors. So Mr. Jackson at MMI Orlando, um, Mr. I can't remember his real name, but they called him Mr. Miyagi. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He was the best. And also uh, Mr. Simonton, he uh, definitely uh, put me like, he was on me. He wanted me to be so like good that he literally was just like, no, you have to be perfect. You have to do this and everything. No pressure. You have to be, Uh, (laughs) you have to be, you have to get this right. Or, you know, something could go wrong or anything. And I was just like, well, I appreciated him actually taking the time to let me know how serious, you know, my job was. And, you know, how to take everything seriously and to, you know, always double check and confirm that the problem or whatever is fixed. Yeah. So that and then coming into the shop, definitely uh, the master tech, uh, Kyle, he showed me literally everything. And he's one of the main reasons why I've continued going into school to become a master tech. And yeah, I mean, he just moved back to Florida and I'm just like, how dare you? How dare you? But I mean, like he still checks in. I still check in on him and everything. And I mean, like, yeah, I mean, he's definitely showed me the way and I just want to be the best just like he like he was to me. I love it. 
That's beautiful. That's the way it should be. That is, <laughs> that is absolutely fantastic. All right. We are almost to the end of our hour. Amazingly enough. <laughs> it goes so fast. Right? Um, so I have my final question for you. Mm -hmm. I'd like to ask everybody. So if you had the opportunity to go back in time and talk to little baby Paris, mm -hmm. the younger version of you, what are your words of wisdom to her or words of advice or caution or whatever you want to call it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would tell little Paris that uh, things are going to be awesome. Like once you honestly graduate high school or leave Burger King, yes, once you leave Burger King, <laughs> life is going to excel and at at an astounding rate. Like, and uh, just keep pushing, keep being positive, and um, yeah, just move forward in life and know that this is not all. This is not the end. This is not your only option. I love it. Did you, did you feel like that for a time when you were working at Burger King? Like that was like, you were going to get stuck there? Yes. Uh, I definitely did seeing like a lot of my peers being there for over 10 years and counting and, uh, just sometimes you could see the light, the happiness kind of leave their eyes. And I just didn't want that for myself. So, I mean, I just needed to be more than just Burger King and just, I just needed more out of life. And I know I said I was asking you a final question, but I if you don't mind. I want to dig on this just a just a few more moments. Um, mm -hmm. It's easy, I think, all of us as human beings. It's easy to get stuck in a place. It's easy to get stuck in a rut, um, and it's extra easy to get stuck there when when everybody else around you is also stuck mm -hmm. and already feeling defeated. What what was it that gave you? the courage, the, the, um, the motivation to say, uh, uh, nope, like this, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta move. I gotta do something different. It's time. Like I need to take the plunge. Um, so being there, like I said, seeing, I just didn't want to be comfortable with that, with like just being there. And I, I mean, like I constantly quote this, if you're comfortable, if you're done learning, then that's kind of the end of life itself. Because I mean, to keep moving forward, you have to change, you have to feel uncomfortable, you have to, you know, I mean, evolve as a person. And it's not ever, it's not always easy to do that. Mm -hmm. And also, I mean, what also kind of honestly like broke my heart was I was giving that job my all 110%, you know, even, you know, being there, being support for other managers, closing the, the restaurant and then going back and opening it in a few hours. And I was told that I didn't care enough or I didn't act like I cared. So, I mean, me putting my all into it and being there all the time and being told that I didn't care or I didn't, you know, I it, it just felt like I wasn't enough, mm -hmm. which kind of hurt my heart. So I ended up just looking somewhere else because, you know, that it just kind of hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you did. Because you are a gift to the motorcycle industry, and I'm sure a gift to the dealership that you are at. So I am so grateful that you you found the courage wherever you dug deep to find it to say, <laughs> I'm out of here. I deserve to be somewhere where I'm appreciated, and I deserve to be somewhere 
where I love what I do. I'm so, so very glad because um, you are just clearly exactly where you belong. And that is so exciting to see. It's so Thanks. good to see you. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so, so very much for agreeing to be on this series and, and share your story with everybody and share your joy with everybody. I, <laughs> I hope everybody else is as infected by it as I am because I know I'm like, all right, I want to go like build something and do something now. She's got me all excited about stuff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We will talk more offline. You're absolutely amazing. Folks Thank you for home. having me. Absolutely. It has been <laughs> my pleasure. Seriously. Folks at home, make sure you give her a follow. Go find her on social media. I'll have links to her down in the description below. Show her some love and see how her journey continues to unfold. And uh, next week, we have another incredible tradeswoman that you get to meet and hear all about her journey. So make sure you come back every Wednesday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. And of course, every Monday, we get archive episodes released. Also 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, or you can listen Anytime you want, wherever you get any of your podcasts, uh, make sure you hit like, hit subscribe. The more comments we get, the more subscribes we get, the more people get to meet these incredible women. And that's the purpose of it so that more people get to hear their stories and that more people start seeing women in the trades as totally normal. That's the goal here. So thank you guys for all being part of the revolution, the With Her Two Hands revolution. We got to celebrate us ladies doing the most Thank you guys so much. Until next time, be good to yourselves. Be good to one another. Bye, guys.